This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Of course, our major topic has been the New York Yankees, who lose again another shutout, back-to-back shutouts for the first time since 2016. A number of the Yankee fans are concerned. We'll hear from Aaron Boone in a minute. Let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Eddie's in Wayne. Eddie, you are next on 98.7. Hey, what's up, Larry? How you doing? Man? What's up, Eddie? I'm doing good, man. What's on? What's going on? So, first of all, I got two things. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that people are actually calling and blaming Garrett Cole for tonight. I think that's insane. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Um, second thing is, I kind of disagree with you okay. when you say that most of their offensive problems are still injuries mm-hmm. because Hicks has been awful, Torres has been awful. Even Rizzo has really not hit well. So, and even when Stan was in there, what was he hitting? He's hitting about 190. He's hitting about 190 for the past month. So, I mean, is it really because of injuries? Yes, because Carpenter was hitting. He's not in there. DJ LeMay, who was hitting for you, he's been out the past couple of games. Rizzo was Rizzo has 20-plus home runs. He was in and out of the lineup. So, yeah, you were winning. You were finding a way to win games with those guys in the lineup. And even though, and thanks for the phone call, even though uh, Stanton may not have been hitting a lot, his, his, just his stature in the lineup adds protection. And he was still doing, he was hitting decently. So, yeah. I mean, the numbers show. <laughs> the numbers show. I mean, you you led the you you lead the majors in home runs. Judge wasn't hitting all of them. <laughs> so yes, this is the one of the biggest reasons why your offense is struggling. Now, here's where we agree: the bottom of the offense has struggled all year. Yes, that is true. The bottom of the offense, you've been looking. This is not the traditional Yankee circular offense that they've had for years and years and years. That's not what this is. But even IKF has hit a couple of, got you a couple of big hits. Trevino was an all-star catcher. I mean, come on. You would have you would have killed. You didn't expect this offense from him. Now, listen, the bunt tonight is unexplainable. But you didn't expect the offense from him, and he's still one of your hottest guys. Well, I think K gave the stat with 12 of 33 at the time when he bunted. I mean, come on. So they've been hitting. How do you think they got almost 40 games over 500? Because they were scoring runs. Yes, the pitching has been good. There's no question. The pitching has been consistent pretty much. Cole, okay. But the past couple of outings, he's been fine. You're not losing these games because of the starters or even the bullpen right now. When you don't score, you absolve the pitchers. You absolve them. Even if and Trevino, I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not saying that Trevino had a great outing tonight coming in and Peralta. I'm not saying that. But did you really, did you really believe that you were going to score in that game tonight? Even though, even one run. Did you really believe that? I didn't. Because they look lost. There's so much pressure on these guys. I mean, there's got to be sawdust in their hands. They're grabbing the bat so tight. Pressure trying to do too much. Got to get a hit. Got to get, oh, my God, we got to win this game. We got this. And so you're not, you know, it's. I get it. But that's not how you're going to make it. That's not how you're going to make it. 
Tyler's in Long Island. What's up, Tyler? Larry, how's it going? It's going good, man. What's up? What's happening? Listen, I was at the game tonight. It was just disgusting to watch. Disgusting. My main thing really is Donaldson. You mm. cannot have that guy batting cleanup. He bats third or fourth every single night. He's completely lost up there. Who would you put in this place? Guy a lot of money. Okay, but who would you put in this place? Who, who should bat with the lineup you have now? Who should bat third, third or cleanup? What I would do with the lineup? Mm-hmm. I call up Peraza. I put him at shortstop. I put IKF at third. The guy won a uh, gold glove at third. Put him at third, and that's your lineup. I don't think they're going to call him up. Fourth. Put Trevino at fourth for all I care. I hear you, Tyler. Someone I don't think they're going to call him up. I just don't. Thanks for the phone call. I don't think they're going to call him up. I don't. I don't think they want to call him up, and I certainly don't think they're going to call him up in this pressure situation right now where they're losing and just say, okay, let's, let's, let's see what you got, kid. I don't think they're going to do that. Just me. Now, I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm not saying that he shouldn't have an opportunity to come up and play. I'm not saying it. But I just don't think they're going to bring him up this season. I don't. And 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 to be honest, I wouldn't bring him up now. With this pressure of the you're trying really making him the savior? Well, he's going to go, oh, the offense is going to be good now. We're going to bring up Peraza, no, I, I, I wouldn't do it. Chris is in Jersey. What's up, Chris? Hey, Larry. First time, long time. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for calling, my friend. What you got for me? Same as the last caller. I was at the game tonight. It was like watching paint dry with the bottom four of that order. It's yeah, unbelievable. I I, listen, I know there's injuries and everything like that, but that bottom four, in today's game, you've got to be hitting home runs. and Those bottom four are packing no punch. I think they got to make a move. Again, I think Peraza's nice. I agree with you. I don't think they're going to bring him up. But you have Marwin Gonzalez on the bench. Listen, you're not losing much at shortstop in terms of defense the way IKF has been playing. And then him with a little punch there, maybe that helps in the meantime until they get some guys back. Last thing, Larry, mm-hmm. and I'll listen to what you have to say, but Rojas not sending the guy tonight, just embarrassing, especially with Hicks coming up, embarrassing. Thanks, you mean, Larry. You mean um, the play the, the, the play from the, the on the single yeah, to – to right field? Yeah. He 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 one hundred percent would have scored, especially knowing Hicks coming up and he's gonna do, he's gonna go into a double play and he didn't do a double play. He's been doing it all year. I don't well, know I why Rojas would have been out, Chris. That was a one a short... game with Cole on the mound. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I think he would have been out by a mile. Because he had to say here's the issue, and thanks for the phone call. I hear what you're saying, but he waited to see if the ball was gonna be caught. And so that if this is the same play we're talking about. He waited to see if the ball was going to be caught, so he left late. He would have been out by a mile. No, you can't send him there. Now, if he's running full tilt, okay, maybe I'll maybe I'll, you know, roll the dice and see if I can get him in. But a one hop, and the and the right fielder was coming in. No, I think he would have been out. I think he would have been out. I I understand why Rojas didn't send him with the ball. Once again, maybe if he's running, maybe if he's running hard. You might test it and see if you can get a throw. He wouldn't. Have, he wouldn't. Have, he wouldn't have made it home. The throw was up the line. <laughs> so no, he he couldn't send him there. Couldn't send him there. Um, Gonzalez, listen, I hear what you're saying. You, I'm, maybe Boone will put him in. Maybe he'll he'll go with Gonzalez. But I mean, how could you pull IKF out? He, the, the guy's won your only game. One of has won you one of the two games you've won over the past ten games. 
with three RBIs in Boston on Saturday. You can't pull him out of the lineup. He's one of your hot guys. <laughs> you're not pulling him out now. You got to play him. But you're right. We understand about the bottom of the Yankee lineup. It's been tough. It's been tough. How about my man, Ruff? A one, two, three inning pitching. A position player going out there for Buck. Taking one for the team. Trying not to burn out that bullpen. Nice job in a 13-1 loss. Right now, it's the Mets batting the top of the eight. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. It's off to the ballpark we go. Yankee Stadium is the place. That's where the Yankees were shut out by the Tampa Bay Rays. Disappointing loss for the Yankees again. Everybody's talking about it. It's the misplay in the outfield by Aaron Hicks that's put Tampa in position to get the first run of the game. Aaron Boone, what happened on the Hicks misplay? I mean, obviously misjudged it and then just got twisted around and, you know, obviously a play that's got to be made, but just, you know, a guy that's struggling right now. Yeah, he's struggling offensively and defensively, and that's that's not a good thing because he came up with a chance to, you know, make amends and ground it into an inning-ending double play on a check swing. Bad. All right, Aaron Boone, what's going on with the team's offensive struggles? When we're right and when we're whole, we are going to be a very good offense. Um, obviously, we got to we got to play better. We got to do better than that, you know. And and when you say big picture, big picture, there are some good things happening. Our starters continue to really throw the ball well. A number of guys out of the pen, um, you know, even though Lou struggled tonight, are are throwing the ball well. We just got to get some guys on track offensively right now and get guys that should be key contributors contributing like they're capable of. So we're going to get a little more whole as we move forward here. But right now, we got to do better and. It's hard, and it's hard right now, and we got to find a way, and we got to keep keep digging ourselves out of this because, you know, you go through something like this. I think a couple individuals that you know struggle a little bit with their confidence right now. You got to you got to find a way when it's difficult. All right. So until these guys come back, Aaron, how do you spark your offense? We just got to play better. The underlying confidence is there. The pieces are there. Obviously, we're missing a few key pieces as I say, but we're very much have everyone in there right now capable of turning around. We're getting shut down right now. That needs to change. we got to score. I can sit here and talk to you about it. We need to go do it. We need to go be be prepared, walk out there with some swagger and with some confidence and get it done. Speaking of swagger, where's that team swagger gone? I think there's a few individuals that are probably wearing it, you know, right now with how we've struggled in some particular games over this last week or 10 days. Big picture, you know, going back even over the last month, the offense has been there. We've had those, like, four out of nine where it's been a struggle for us. And I think there are some individuals that are wearing that and kind of fighting through it and trying to find it, and, and it gets hard. And you got it. That's, that's part of it. You got to find a way when it gets hard. You got to be able to dig yourself out. It's good to see Glaber have, you know, two more really good at-bats at the top of the order tonight after hitting a few balls on the nose in Boston. Hopefully that's something that kind of gets him on track, but we got to get more of that going. No question about it. So that's Aaron Boone. Now let's talk about some of these guys who have who are missing from the lineup that would help the offense. This is from pregame with Aaron Boone. He has an update on DJ LeMahieu who missed his second game tonight. Yeah, right now he's day-to-day. 
inflammation in there it's a little tricky so you know he's just going to be getting basically treatments hopefully kind of get the right orthotics going and you know hopefully create a little bit of relief for him the last few days it's really swinging that bothers him when he kind of rotates on that back foot so hopefully it's something that medicine treatment again in the orthotics will help correct and relieve some of those symptoms he's feeling okay once again from the pregame aaron boone was asked does dj need a cortisone shot for that toe no, cortisone won't be part of the treatment, definitely not in the immediate. So, you know, I think there's things they can do, you know, to hopefully alleviate some of the pain he feels in game. But, you know, right now we'll kind of see how it goes day to day with just if he's getting a little more relief. All right, so now let's see about uh, Giancarlo Stanton. There's rumors that he possibly would have been in the Red Sox series. Is he coming back this week? Is he going to have to wait till the end of the month? Here's an update on Stanton. He stood in on Frankie's bullpen. I think he's standing in on Herman's bullpen right now as well. And then he'll go through a full pregame routine as far as defensive work, kind of standing around in the outfield. That's part of it. And then he'll hit, you know, whether it's on the field, in the cage, not sure. But, you know, the biggest thing for him is standing in on some of those and just upping his volume. He's been bouncing back really well over the last week. But now it's like, let's get to a level of volume of work and see how he responds to that. And, and hopefully we're getting close to, to being in a good spot. There. All right, we'll hear from Aaron Hicks in a minute on his view of what happened on that misplay in the outfield. But let's hear from Giancarlo Stanton about an update from him on when he's coming back. Uh, the past few days have gone well, so uh, I need uh, another one or two to, to bounce back right. I'm sorry, I need a few full days to work out and, and have, have a good bounce back from that. I'm still getting getting my feet under me, so that's why I need a few more days to make sure I'm good to go for for the full for full game. Do you do you think it's something you're just gonna have to manage throughout the rest of the season and just be positive about it? Definitely got to keep an eye on it. Don't want to don't want to rush it back and have to worry about it every night post game, but uh, definitely gonna have to keep an eye on it. And that's the tricky thing with the Achilles. You want you know you 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 can't rush it back. Because he could injure it, and then he's going to be out even longer. So it's a tough situation. You need his bat in that lineup, especially the way the lineup is struggling right now. But you can't rush him because it could do more damage. And remember, your, your, your big goal is October. Yes, you're in the slump right now. Yes, you're concerned. Yes, the team is not hitting. All the above. But it's really for this team, even if they were continuing to win, Fans would say it's only about October. So hopefully he can get squared away and get back. Let's go back now and hear from Aaron Hicks as he spoke to the media about misplaying that fly ball to center that led to ultimately the game-winning run for Tampa. First off, I turned the wrong way, then tried to recover. Ended up thinking that it was still over uh, right on top of me and ended up being behind me uh, on the second look. And then, you know, I tried to turn around and, and catch it, but by then I was already beat by the ball. That was a run that, uh, you know, Garrett shouldn't have had to deal with. How frustrating was tonight for you, Aaron Hicks? Extremely frustrating. I mean, second inning, you know, got on first and second. You know, ended up striking out, not getting the job done. Then uh, come back up, bases loaded. You know, trying to stay short and try to hit the ball at the middle. Ended up queuing it right back to the pitcher for a double play. Just overall, you know, extremely embarrassing, actually. It, even if I'm not hitting, I want my defense to be on point. And, you know, I messed up out there as well. It's a tough night for Aaron Hicks. There's no question about it, but he wasn't alone. It was a tough night for the Yankee offense. Once again, being shut out again. And, you know, look, 
four four shutouts in about a week to ten days is is not what you expect from this Yankee team. It just isn't, even with the injuries. But that's why I urge you to not panic yet because you do have these guys eventually coming back. And that will get you back on the right track. And so far, so far, you've maintained your lead in the division. The most important thing for you is making sure you win the division so when you get to the postseason, you're hosting. You don't want a wild card situation again. You've been down that road the past couple of seasons. It's not what you want. Okay? And yeah, we'll worry but you worry about Houston hopefully when you get, you know, you worry about Houston later. Right now you have to get right and win some games and get some runs scored. Once again tonight, the Yankees one for five with runners in scoring position. Hicks was 0 for 2, IKF 1 for 1, Donaldson 0 for 1, and Trevino was 0 for 1. They left seven men on base. And listen, I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm, you already know, Donaldson has not been the guy that you expected. He just hasn't. And we could, he's going to be the new guy that's going to take the brunt of what's going on here now that Joey Gallo's gone. That's what's happening at the ballpark. We love that you boy. I sure miss Gordon Damer trying to figure out what Aaron Boone would be saying on answers with Aaron. I don't know if, if, if Gordon could figure out what Aaron Boone would be saying <laughs> in this situation. But once again, th- this is the big thing. If Donaldson could just get hot, if somebody could get hot in that lineup, it would be a little it would be a little easier. I mean, Aaron Judge can to two double plays tonight. And and listen, why am I pitching to him? I'm giving him I'm I'm making him hit my pitch. And he's going to get walked a lot more unless folks start to get start to hit. I'm telling you, it's not going to get any easier for this Yankee offense. We'll see what happens tomorrow night. When I return, we'll get some thoughts about the Jets, situation with Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco, and couldn't get any crazier. There is a comment from a front office person in the NBA that made my mouth hit the floor. I'll share it with you next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Forgot to mention, Luis Guillorme is out of the Met lineup for four to six weeks. He's got a, a groin situation. Um, he, he could have taken the night off tonight <laughs> with the 13-1 lead that Atlanta has over the Mets as they bat in the ninth inning. Um, with two out, Jeff McNeil for last chance. Once again, Ruff did a great job, man. Pitched two innings, no runs, and an error. So that's 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 good. That's good. All right. So before I get to the Jets, the the Kevin Durant trade me. I want people fired. This whole thing has really taken the league um, by storm in a sense, right? Because not only it's what's been asked, but it's who's doing the asking. And this is this is just like so on what Kevin Durant is known for, okay? And then you hear hints of holding out. All right, so let's hear from Brian Windhorst. This is from the Hoop Collective podcast. And this is now about the possibility of Kevin Durant holding out. Listen to Brian Windhorst. 
I'm just saying a week ago, if you had asked me, will Kevin Durant hold out a training camp if he's not traded? I'd have been like, eh, I can't see it. Now I can see it. Yeah. So uh, that is what we're headed towards. Then Brian Windhorst on Get Up on why the Nets haven't budged on the KD deal. This is not a team that's tearing down looking to rebuild. This is a team that honestly believes, whether you think it's crazy or not, that they can compete for a championship this year. And so they're not going to yield. And they've made that position very clear. I mean, what do you get in exchange for Kevin Durant? Okay, how many players do you get? And I get that he's going to be 34, and I get that there's people who think he might have an injury problem now, and I get that he's played 15 years in the league and whatnot. I get all that. He is still arguably one of the best players in the league for what he brings to the table, okay? And then published reports indicate that a front office person in the NBA said that Kevin Durant is ready to retire rather than play for Brooklyn this year? What? Ready to retire? I I don't see that happening. I just don't. I mean, they may have some issues. There may be some things that the two of the two parties don't agree on, but ready to give up his career and not play? I I just don't see that. I, I don't see that. I don't see it. I don't see that at all. I really don't. I really don't. I, it was unbelievable. I just don't. I just don't see that happening. But I gotta tell you, it's 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 that's how crazy this thing has been. So and once again, you know nothing's gonna happen. It's it's August for another month. We'll just be it'll just be in the news. What's going on? Durant said this. Ned said that. Nothing's happening. Nothing. Nothing's gonna move. Not until maybe maybe be late September when they start getting to camp. That's a possibility that something may happen. And then again, like I said, what is anybody going to give Brooklyn that is comparable to Kevin Garnett, to, to, to Kevin Durant, not Kevin Garnett, Kevin Durant. I said Kevin Garnett because I was thinking about Boston and Jalen Brown and you know, all the different uh, trade rumors that we're hearing from them and all this stuff. It's, it's not the same. Atlanta wins 13-1 to final. It's not the same. Okay? And if you're the Nets, you can hold on because he's got the contract with you. <laughs> right? So that's, your, that's, that's what you're thinking. So we'll see what happens. Right? Stephen A is back. On first take, and uh, he had some news today where he ran into Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons says he will be ready to play this season. So he'll be ready to go. So that will be good news, right? That'll be good news for Brooklyn. Plus, he was in a charitable mood because he finally came to a settlement with uh, his former employees, the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, did you guys see that? Yeah, they reached the settlement. Simmons had filed the grievance to recoup a portion of the nearly $20 million withheld him as a result of his failure to play in the 21-22 season. According to our Woj, both sides agreed to a confidential agreement on the exact financial settlement. So they, they got he got paid a certain amount, and we're not going to tell anybody what that was. But that's a good thing. Speaking of 
some one more NBA thing before I turn to the Jets. I know it's beautiful outside, a little 80 degrees, slight breeze in the backyard, you know, having some lemonade, iced tea, or perhaps an adult beverage. Well, according to The Athletic, the NBA has released their Christmas Day schedule. Mm-hmm. Yep. Grizzlies will meet Golden State. That's the new hot uh, rival in the NBA, right? That's the new hot rivalry based on the postseason last year in the regular season. Golden State and uh, Memphis. Yeah, those are the two. So they're going to be part of your Christmas Day. Also, 76ers, Knicks, Bucks, Celtics, Lakers, Mavericks, and Suns, Nuggets. Remember, the schedule is going to be released later this week for all the teams, and the season starts October 18th. Yep, October 18th. Let's turn our attention to the New York Jets, shall we? Uh, There's a lot of audio coming out of the Jets camp. And it all, of course, surrounds what's the deal with Zach Wilson. All right. Well, let's start with our Ritzamini, who was on Bart and Han today, with an update on Zach Wilson's injury. The Jets are cautiously optimistic that this is going to be a short-term thing from two to four weeks. Uh, but, you know, they kind of got burned on that Makai Becton uh, quickie diagnosis. So I think they're going to wait till this process plays out. Uh, Zach will be in Los Angeles tomorrow. He's getting the arthroscopic surgery done from the uh, Los Angeles Rams doctor. That'll be done there tomorrow. And then they'll know exactly what the timeline is. But from talking to people close to the situation, they feel that it's going to be just a trim. I, I know I'm using layman terms here. It's not a medical term, but but uh, they think it'll be more of a trim as opposed to like a full repair of his meniscus. Now, if for some reason they go in there and it's a full repair, then we're talking about an entirely different situation. But they, they feel pretty confident that it's just going to be that minor trim. All right, and so we hope that that's the the situation because, once again, this is your young quarterback that needs to play. He needs to be on the field. The only way he's going to get better is by playing. All right, that's the only way he's going to get better. So you want him on the field, and he'll miss maybe a game or two, and then you can get him back when healthy, right, 100% healthy. Until then, Joe Flacco's taking over the first team reps. And uh, here's his comment about being one of the <clears throat> old guys on a young team. I don't view myself as being like, I don't view myself as an old person, but every now and then when they, th- these guys come up and they say something to you, you I'm like, oh, okay, you think I'm like 50 years old, huh? <laughs> I, I got it. That's why it's cool, though. That's why it's so like, you're so fortunate to be able to be in the locker room and like in that environment. It's because it really does truly keep you young. And then not only that, but like you get to know guys and you get to develop relationships with people and then they see you different, you know, and then after, after they get like, they interact with me for a little bit. They're sitting at lunch and we're chopping it up. And all of a sudden they see me in a couple minutes, they might see me completely different than they did before they sat down at the table. So it's, it's really neat. I kind of like, I like being, it. I like, I feel like I'm like a dad that like is easy to pick on. and They, they like laughing at me because of that. So I, I embrace it. Uh, to be a veteran amongst young kids. It's funny. Uh, he was also asked about the possibility if Wilson's not back, that he would start the season and face his former team with whom he won a Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens. 
obviously people are going to bring it up to me and you know you think about that. I've been in a bunch of games where guys have played their past teams and coaches have played their past teams and usually the emotions uh, are definitely crazy. I mean, guys try to act like they're so cool during the week and that doesn't mean anything, you know. So I, I know. I, I've probably thought about it a tiny bit. It's so far away and you, we, who knows what's going to happen at this point. But I've definitely thought about that in a little bit. Like, oh yeah, it's not going to be a big deal and I'm, I'm going to know deep down, like, okay, it's, it's, it's not... You know, I'm going to try to make sure it's not the biggest deal in the world, but at the same time, it's, I've been through it enough. I've seen guys go through it. It's a different thing. I mean, we, Steve Smith played Carolina. Uh, I don't Maybe the first year he was in Baltimore. And, I mean, it's comical looking back on it that he kind of was trying to act like he was all cool about it. And he's already super emotional and, like, next level when it comes to, like, intense when it comes to game day. But I'll never forget that day. I mean, he was on, he was on another planet. And it worked out good for him. So, you know, you can probably go both ways. All right, now let's hear from one of the younger guys, Garrett Wilson wide receiver, and he was asked about the difference between catching passes from Zach Wilson, the young guy, and catching passes from old Joe Flacco. And there's definitely a difference, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it's a lot of experience right there with Flacco, and, uh, you know, I feel like everything with him is, is he, he has to take some pace off and put pace on the ball, you know, he kind of does a good job of, of making uh, the passes, you know, receiver friendly, that's the best way I can put it in the words, you know, it's, it's, they're pretty easy to catch, um, he takes them off the ball when you're running a slant route versus, you know, out route or put some zip on it because it got to be, you know, things like that. So I'll say that. It's about a little touch, right? It's about touch from your quarterback, knowing when to, knowing how to throw it and where to put it and all the other stuff. That's what, that's what you learn over the years, and that's why your young quarterback, Zach Wilson, has to play, okay? Mike is in Queens. What's up, Mike? Good evening, Larry. How are you? I'm doing good. Mike, how are you? Before I get to the, the Jets, you know, it's 5-1, the Mets are losing. I got to take care of some personal business. I come out, it's 13-1. What the hell happened? You got injured pitchers, got it, got two injured uh, infielders. Uh, but the Jets, listening to the ESPN radio, I don't know who said it, but if Zach Wilson poops out, I think they're not going to eat, despite next year being a heavy QB draft class. From what I heard, I get the topic or who said it, but there might be a chance if Wilson poops out, they might say, you know what, we tried this, the young QB a couple of times. Sam pooped out, Zach Wilson might poop out. They might go for a veteran who doesn't like his team. And if Wilson doesn't go well and if Jimmy G is still on the 49ers, you might see them go that route. I personally, I don't know about that, uh, uh, but – uh. The Jets, I just, Zach Wilson, first drive, interception, second drive, he blows out his knee. I know it's only a two- to four-week injury, but he needs these snaps. You, you, you have two brand-new tight ends, Wilson, a brand-new wide receiver, even Elijah Moore. He was injured last year. Wilson was injured last year. Those two need chemistry. Despite it being a two- to four-week-only injury, it's, he needs these reps, Larry. Wilson needs to be healthy. He needs training camp, the preseason. He needs... Bill Kennedy with these with these players, and it's just you don't want this. I know it. Bright side, he's not done for the year, but it doesn't look good. I mean, you want him to be healthy and ready, and it's I. You know, we, there's talk about him being short, undersized coming into the Jets, and maybe they could go around it. But last year, this year, I I don't know, Larry. I don't I don't know if he's the guy. 
I have doubts about him. I have doubts about, doubts about Salah. The only confidence I have is the OC. But I really, if I'm a Jets fan, is the coach right? Is, is, is the QB right? And if I'm a Jets fan, I, I don't think we got it right, Larry. I think we screwed up again. And that's another QB, another coach, and I just don't have faith that Salah or Wilson or the guy for them to lead this team. I hear what you're saying, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. I think it's a little early to to punt on Zach Wilson. I just do. I think it's early. I mean, you can't go by what he had to work with last year. This year, you've done everything. You've rebuilt your offensive line. You have a decent potential running game. You've got better receivers around him. You've got tight ends. I mean, this is the year for you to really see what he brings to the table. And I get it. Look, I know it was a couple of plays uh, in, in the preseason game. I know the, the, the interception to the linebacker where he hit him right between the numbers is bad. It's bad. I get it. In the second year, you want to see that your guy has progressed. He's not making that type of play. That's bad judgment. And then you look at the situation where he ran. They didn't run out of bounds, tried to get some extra yards. Okay, remember, it's, po- it's preseason. You don't need to do that there. So if you're telling me about the error in judgment on those two plays, I get it. And really, the interception is the key thing because if he doesn't, if he doesn't have the interception, I believe, and they get some more plays down the field, he's probably not even in the game for that next play with the run. So he probably is not even in that situation where he's going to get hurt. But you're right. He needs reps. He's not going to get better sitting on the bench. There's no question about it. Uh, Salah will learn a lot about Robert Salah this year. I agree with you. Um, I think he's the right guy. I just need to see more from him and how he's going to grow in his second year as a head coach because it's a learning experience too. I I don't know that I have as much uh, confidence in the OC as you do. I will. I do understand why you have more confidence in him because everybody seems to be able to run his offense, but Zach Wilson. So, but that's not good. <laughs> he's got to make it even for that. There's plays that Zach Wilson likes that that Zach Wilson can feel comfortable with and execute. So, yeah, I, I get the idea of the fact that, okay, we've got some things here and we like his play call, but it's really all about Zach Wilson. Jimmy G is a guy, listen, he's a veteran quarterback, but he's a game manager. I mean, San Francisco took the ball out of his hands and ran the ball with it. I mean, look what happened against in the, in the, in the Super Bowl against KC. They didn't want him to throw the ball. They wanted to run the ball. I mean, he's the reason why Debo Samuel was getting going to get a lot of, got a lot of money. 